What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the second funniest podcast. I'm your host, Justin Worsham. This is episode 529. With me, as always, is the one, the only. It has been said that on many occasions he has vouched for himself. <laughs> the the KevinMiller.com. And you know why that frustrates me is because I can't take credit for that one. Yeah. It's, it was, But it was the inspiration behind that whole bit is that it just makes me laugh. He, uh, my, my other favorite one is that... We're talking it's about the uh, the, Dos the most, Equis, inter- most, most interesting, interesting man, man in the world. world. The other, my other favorite one is that his shadow has won fashion awards. Yeah, that's pretty great. There's some <laughs> of them where I'm like, because when the camp, you know, I was him for Halloween. Yeah. a few years back. Yeah. no one got it. No, because <laughs> it was in Hollywood, and I maybe you're not Latino. I, I wasn't Latino, and I just had a suit on, and it wasn't a very great suit. Okay, and because uh, I don't have money for a great suit, and um, and I just had a Dos Equis beer bottle, but. What else are you supposed to be when you're that dead? So the thing that was so did you even put gray in your beard? Yeah, that's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> then I okay. just now like I'm it. starting to get on your friend's board. Well, then I just looked, no one had a, none of my friends had a problem with it. Just no one cared. That okay. I, no one was like, hey, what are you? Because I wasn't anything. <laughs> I was just guy in a suit. I thought I was. Kevin's usually more festive. The yeah, I hate Halloween now that I'm an adult. Oh. The uh, when I was a kid, it was uh, like all year I would obsess about Halloween and. And uh, and have night uh, stress dreams that I came to school and it was Halloween and I didn't have a costume. Really? Yeah, I oh, loved it. Uh, it was an, an indicator that I loved theater and that kind of uh. thing at a young age. Um, and now I find costumes to be the least interesting part about theater. I'm like, let's do theater in our clothes and yeah. let the character. Ah, don't I'm you understand? It's about art. I'm a realist. <laughs> so, um, the, when those commercials first came out, they. They, he was interesting. Like, <laughs> he, yeah. he, it was a, I've never, it was so brilliant because they did this like span of time of different videos yes. of him as a young man. That was man. the first one, yeah. yeah. As a young him, man. Him like getting out of a plane, I yeah. remember. And and he was doing, he was doing uh push, or he was doing like a bell lifting with two uh girls yeah. on, on either side giggling. And you're like, what is that story? And there's a picture of him in like somewhere in the mid 70s on an old eight millimeter film reel of him opening. Opening up a bear trap to let the bear out and like working with the bear, like no, it's okay. It's okay That's an interesting. St- you're like, yeah. I want to know that these. I want to meet the the team that came up with this interesting story. Because all of those, I'm like, that's a story. That's a story. Yeah. Now. He's more incredible than Jesus. Like the shit that he does is like no one 
No one can do that. <laughs> His people. It has like, been said that <laughs> Jesus has confessed to him. Yeah, exactly. Like that's where they're going. We're like, this is this is ridiculous. <laughs> Have just, they done where it says the alligators wrestle with him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope so. That's the, a good one. Just to be clear, he's not more interesting than Jesus. No. So you can't say. Well, if sense. you've ever heard him, he but, actually it's worth a search to uh, find him on the actual actor. The actual actor yeah, was on cool. Adam Carolla's podcast. Oh, was he really? And he was a dullard. <laughs> like that was. Yeah. He's like, actually was, kind of. He's kind of. He's a little light spoken. Yeah. He's he's a little old. And he's hat. married now to the agent that booked him on this. Oh, gig. really? Yeah. He knows how to. And she sits in the corner, and it was funny because he was on Carolla. But the funnier episode is the episode right after he was on, where Carolla kind of says, "He goes, yeah. He goes, you know what? Uh, you know what's interesting about the most interesting man in the world? Nothing. It turns <laughs> out, other than the fact that he's pee whipped." <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I got a buddy who said he met him at a party and told he, he, my buddy's an actor and encouraged him. Uh, you just have to stay on it because eventually you'll you'll find the thing. Look at me. I was I was 54 and I finally got the, the gig and now I'm set. You just have to stay with it. You just have to stay with it. Wow. Really? That's that's the encouragement you're going to give? Just Remember when we went to Comic-Con? Yeah. <laughs> what, where did you find that picture? That's on the internet. This is a great little comic. Um, I can't see who drew it, but uh, I'll, I'll put it up on the page. Uh, and it's great. It's It pretty much encapsulates... That's what, the one you were talking about at dinner. Yeah. This pretty much encapsulates what Comic-Con's all about. And it's animated. Oh my it gosh, looks let like me look 3D at that anim- more. And it's pretty great. There's a pretty hot-looking ch- chick. And uh, she, again, she's computer drawn, uh, and she's at a table trying to get an autograph from an artist who is pointing of at her. her cleavage. Yeah, it's a picture of her, and then be- so she's dressed up as the character. We assume. Oh, okay, okay, good point. Uh, and she's kind of bent over, and she's looking behind her because there are four ogling nerds. One, two, three, four. One is in a red R two D two costume, peering out from R four, like a parquet bar- butter. Yeah, <laughs> and then I like the guy that has his smartphone as yeah, well, taking pictures of her ass and then the guy that he's signing for is actually pointing at her cleavage yeah. which i also enjoy and but here's the best part about it is the look on her face is like uh, i'm like, a comic-con I'm kind of uncomfortable about this but but that's what comic-con is right <laughs> it's right. like this bizarre bizarre pajama party <laughs> for like one out of every eight girls you see uh, it's funny that our, our friend from last year i just thought was the next day well. was this yeah. in your like, is this your no, photos? I, I did a Google it. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I thought, this, like, wow. I got this picture Well, of it's this funny because to the left, if you're doing, like, a Google image scroll, yeah. that's what we talked about predominantly about Comic-Con last yeah. year was the slave girl outfit, which has kind of been not as prevalent. Wasn't as, as big year. this year. Yeah. I saw, I think, two. I saw two slave girls. I saw two, or no, just one. Uh, no, I think I saw two um, Fifth Element girls. Yeah. And that... Eon Flux was huge last year. Yeah. This year, the Fifth uh, Element girl was uncomfortable though. Slutty Ewoks, which was weird and <laughs> and hard to figure out. Like, it's really, I, it's funny how this works out. And that I'm, is not a thing. I know it's not a thing, Who but knows? it was. Did it you wasn't really say Slutty there. Ewoks? Yes. Oh, I thought you were being funny. No, I, I, I thought you had mentioned it to me, uh, but uh, Heath was like. Because uh, he takes pictures. That sounds pictures. like something Heath would do. Heath, Heath Heitch. Heath takes pictures. Heath Heitch, who's been on the show, he's a comic he friend of mine. He goes to every Comic Con. And he uh, he met me there and he goes, he goes, have you seen the, the slutty Ewok trend or whatever? Because he, he usually he takes pictures with uh, chunky slave girls. And this puts is them brought on to Facebook. you by Pepsi Throwback. <laughs> for all you Jews out there, come April. Pepsi throwback is just for you. <laughs> I'm at a band called Come April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to do it. Um, 
<laughs> I don't get it. So, uh, so anyway, <laughs> so he takes pictures with uh, with chubby slave girls, uh, which is weird. It's funny to know that Heath is just like a really nice, funny guy, and his comedy is really clean and everything. Yeah. But then he does something like this, where it's like, I don't. That kind of seems kind of rude, maybe. But at the same time, yeah. th- this is where I think it makes sense that the girls are fine with it. Like they dressed up that way. Yeah, He's not yeah, really yeah. mocking them. He's just saying, "Here's what they dressed up as." Yeah. Like, that's but what he's but doing, you but get it when you see the trend, like yeah. the, the whole of the, of the parts tell a well, story. Well, they used to take like a yearbook photo of all of the slave girls, like on yeah. the steps of the San Diego they Convention still Center. Do that. But uh, well, they couldn't have this year because I we literally saw two, maybe three tops. Well, we weren't at the whole. Convention. And he said he goes, the new trend is slutty Ewoks, and that's what it was. So if you saw a girl at Comic Con that looked like a barbarian. If you look upon closer inspection, I don't understand what a that slutty is a, Ewok a, is. So a slutty Ewok I'm get, is. I'm getting the real computer. This none of this iPad stuff. It's like a window to. <laughs> it's like an overgrown iPhone. I can't make a phone call. Can you on. get on the internet here? Oh, you. I did give you the password. Can I? Uh, so anyway, will I? Will I? Would I? Peg leg. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I just. It's it's a, it's like a barbarian costume, but when you see the hoods, the hoods all look the oh, same. Oh, they're all like yeah, they're all. So like is there the somebody hoods. outside selling? No, slutty Ewok. <laughs> That's the thing I want to know. What blog do these people find mm-hmm. that they? It can... was probably Brent Spiner. <laughs> <laughs> I just that's what I want to know. It was probably him. Like this year, everybody is a slutty Ewok. Mm-hmm. Does he have that ability? Like, does he have a blog, or is he like I don't know how yeah. connected he is on social network to oh, make yeah. have He's those kind big. of trends happen? But uh, that's what maybe not him. But somebody like him. There's probably a few people. Oh, I'm going to be so be angry show? if this is like, like it's like Nerdist. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's see, like, like something like that, that that's yeah. easily accessible. And, and he was like, you know what I will do is change the fate of Comic-Con. Right. Choose your potato. <laughs> <laughs> that was my bit from dinner. I made baked potatoes with shredded barbecue chicken in them. And I kept and saying, choose your head. potato. That's good. We should audition for this. Okay. <clears throat> Kevin Miller, take yeah. one. Choose your potato. <laughs> Take two. You want to? Uh, I know this isn't listen, uh, interesting to our listeners. I'm sure. Who but cares? you want to? Uh, you want to do? Let's do. Choose your potato. Okay. Okay. Is the line? Yeah. Uh, and then I will give you the last voiceover job that I did. I will give you the notes that I received. Now, mind you, this is. 40 seconds okay. of what the actual that we're for choose your potato is actually representing in reality 40 seconds of recording okay. for a smithsonian e-learning project okay so Sweet. go ahead you do your take one this is kevin miller take one uh-huh choose your potato and then uh so you submit it and then this is the email that you would get back uh yeah listen i'm gonna need you to do it again uh you sounded really forced uh, and um, I just we want to pick up your energy like you did in take two, but in take two it sounded like you were yelling, and so I went back and I listened and let's so I, maybe it kind of sounded like okay. you were yelling. So I do another one where it's like more conservative and don't choose your, your potato. Perfect. Send that off and go. Okay, yeah, Justin. Listen, I'm really sorry, but we're gonna have to have you do it again because you don't. While you don't sound pushed, now you sound like it's it's everything is too choppy. It needs to just be conversational. And this is what I love about the way people direct. What? And it reminds me, we've talked about this before on the show, where uh, what it's does the, even mean? Remember the anime? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It gets better. The anime direction that you would get, like any kind of anime or role-playing yeah, game he's character. He's edgy, but, not, yes. but nice. Yeah. He's cool, but, but also uh, dorky. So the direction. He's Japanese, but clear-sounding French. <laughs> exactly. He's got a gruff, ravelly, smooth voice. <laughs> I can really listen to this all day. That's what I'm laughing at. He has a bolstery, <laughs> quiet radio voice. 
It's a loud whisper. Oh shit, that's funny. Oh my god, that's funny. A bolster. It was funny because you guys can't see it, but Kevin did arms out, arms in, arms out again to even exaggerate the differences. Yeah, between he's somewhere in here. <laughs> he's out and he's in. It's like a bird flapping. I want. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So she says. To so I come me, back. I'd be like this. I'd be like. Choose your potato. That's what I would submit. That's then I'd be like, it. F you. Yeah. I'm choose your potato. <laughs> and so she goes, <laughs> she said, listen, if you can't get this, I'd be glad to direct you and or I'd be glad to coach you. Uh, and I said, how many people are auditioning for this? Why, uh, why no, are they here's willing- the thing. I've already booked it. I've already booked oh, it. Oh, and, and she oh, so goes, you were submitting the file for uh, the, the file for the, oh, for the actual that's why thing. Okay. And then she goes, uh, well, the, to me, here's what I'm saying is that I submitted an audition, right? Yeah. And then I gave the read that I gave for the audition, even though it was a, it was a different, uh, it was different script. Yeah. I gave the read that I gave for the audition because I figured that's what got me the job. And my tone was, is that there's a, there's a tone that is for a learning thing where yeah. you're teaching something and they, they do it under the guise yeah. that it's, oh, we want it to sound conversational, but you need, and there's, there's like bolded words that don't make sense uh, that need to be emphasized. They they're not writers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I love is that, so then she goes, she goes, it just needs to be conversation. Like you're like, this is what I love. Like, you know, you just are talking to your friend about your specific jobs uh, as as an, as an uh, investment coordinator at the Smithsonian Museum, <laughs> you know, like that, just just, just casual. You, know, you got that coffee conversation. <laughs> so uh-huh, go on. Uh, so I go okay. I, she goes, if you want, I could coach you. But I, this is how I know that this isn't on me. Is yeah. She goes, if you want, I can coach you. But I have company coming today that was already supposed to arrive a half an hour ago. So it will have to wait till after they go. Yeah. So th- I'm a total stranger to her who is in her employ. And she has also decided to offer up the information that the company that she has invited, of which I am unaware who or where they are, is a half hour late. Uh, and so it's like, okay. like, <laughs> And so I go, well, thanks me- for the overshare. Yeah. So Clearly I said, you're an awkward person. I said, I think I could get it. I said, why don't we do this? Let me take one more stab after my company leaves. I'll send it off to you. And if you don't like it. Who is punctual. Yeah. Thank you. I have good friends. I, except better than yours. <laughs> uh, I will, I will say, I, we, we could set up a Skype connection on Monday. So sh- I go, all right. So now my only goal is to not sound pushed. And I'm just going to sound conversational. So I do three takes. I've sent her three takes every single time. I do another three takes, and then on a fourth take, I change the script to make it sound like if I was having actually saying yeah, it that's good. to make it sound even easier. And I go, so I sent her a thing. I said on the fourth pass, I said I go, I kind of tweak the wording a little bit, which I know is taboo, and I meant no disrespect. Yeah. I go just because you're concerned for it being conversational, I just thought that might make it come across even more conversational if I just made it my own, yeah. like my own mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope you like it. And so she said, this is what I get the response back. She goes, uh, I think I could piece something together from what you've given us. And she goes, just to offer you a little bit of uh, oh, no. advice, and oh, here's no. a tip in the future. Here it comes. She goes, when sounding conversation, conversational, what you don't want to do is break up words. So, for instance, when you said office of – so here's the line. In fact, I uh, I wonder if I have the script to say. Choose your potato. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> 
She goes, uh, she's, the word is the OI, or Office of Investments, works with the Regents Investment Committee to uh, enforce, to, cre- to generate spending policies and budget goals. Like, that was the line, right? That's, that's pretty good memorization. He's so not reading that. I said that BTW. a lot. Yeah. And so, um, so, Choose your potato. And I know this isn't the context of the show, but my point is, is that if you were saying in an e-learning project, if you were saying, and here's the way it was written, the OI, and in parenthetical, said office of investments how is that how is terrible writing parentheticals to be used in dialogue as conversation that's terrible you know what i mean so i already made it my own by saying the oi or office of investments works with the regents of investment committee so that's how i worked it in there well done so what her point was is that when you say office of investments don't you don't want to say office of investments when I'm coming off of an abbreviation in an e-learning project, what I don't want to do then is emphasize the words that I'm explaining why I'm abbreviating. Like, how does that make sense? And that was your tip for saving my voiceover career? Like, are you, are you freaking kidding me? Like, she goes, so, and she wrote it in parentheticals, but without out spaces. That's oh, how nice. She, that's Even how better. she it. She goes, so, it should, so what I guess I should have said, the OI or Office of Investments is what I guess she wanted. Because it wasn't like I went office of investments you know what though you know uh, you and my wife suffer from the same thing which is that you somehow are a magnet to people yes. giving unnecessary yeah. criticism like because you're nice people or because people like how dog or cats just somehow know who people are that hate cats yeah or are allergic them, and they want to rub their and, butts and in their face all, like i yeah. i like cats they won't they don't care about me yep they'll go to, straight to my stepbrother who hates cats jump on his lap <laughs> sit on his head lay eggs yeah. in, his, in his pockets whatever it is cats do <laughs> I don't think you love cats. I don't think I think you love I think you love birds. Yeah. They are the same thing. mm, Lemons and limes, shit your hole. Maybe in Jurassic Park. Cats became birds. Why? And birds became dinosaurs. They were gonna make it where they're actual people. They didn't do this. Uh, so um so yeah, you for some reason, because you're you're I don't know what it is, people that need to bully somebody bully you because they know they can see that your margin for being bullied is deeper than mine (laughs) yes because the moment somebody says something like that to me i slam them back let me give you an example (laughs) recently somebody submitted a request to me and said um something to the effect of uh tbt and so i asked around the office i said did we make any announcement about something that's tbt because i have no idea what that stands for. And somebody jokingly said, well, maybe it's to be determined. And they even, like, they thought to be determined, to be determined. They're like, "Uh, oh, no, that's not it. Yeah, that's not it. No, that's not it. So I just wrote him. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with TBT is. I'd love to help you out. Let me know. And they write back, smug. Uh, TBT stands for to be determined. (laughs) So as kindly as I could, (laughs) I simply wrote back, isn't that TBD? <laughs> like, how else can you say, no, idiot? <laughs> That's right. TBD. Yeah. So I thought if I posted this question. Funny enough, they never wrote back. Oh. So that person won't be giving me a right. hard time or trying to give me unnecessary notes right. about how to live life because I know how to spell words. <laughs> yeah. And they don't. You would probably. Maybe this is why it's taken me 34 years to get to the point where somebody kind of. Like in this situation, I'm under her employee. Yeah. And she's kind of got me because I. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Take it but a in little. other situations, like I've hit a point in my life within the last, I would say, 
maybe a year and a half, two years that I'm like, if I don't like you, I will tell you to f off. Yeah, like, yeah, I will, yeah. All right, time but for you to go. You know, as a as a voiceover actor, that's a fascinating story. I generally find voiceover actors to be very dull. <laughs> and uh, you know, no offense to anybody that loves the show, I'm glad you're listening, but I don't get why you find this fun. <laughs> like, here's the thing: if you're listening to this show because I was the voice of Sly Cooper, we spend I, like I try to find new and interesting things to talk about in yeah. my my relationship with Sly, but I didn't make the character up. <laughs> I just read some crap that's written on a. On it's a not crap. It's that's not crap. true. That's right. Yeah. I just read some amazing words yeah. that are written on a piece of paper. Uh, I didn't mean crap as in it's crap. Which I just is mean, how every Oscar speech should be presented. That's exactly yeah. it. With some very few exceptions, there are people that bring a lot to the table and do their own. And I think I bring something to it. But in terms of like, I really hope you you're listening to the show because you thought it was cool that I'm the voice of Sly. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, he's an interesting person. I want to find out more about his life. Right. Awesome. But if you're still sitting there going. Going, when is he going to let the bomb out about Sly 5 and how I can play it? Stop listening now. Please, please unsubscribe <laughs> and watch our numbers dwindle to five. Yeah. It'll be <laughs> to, to the see, five Brooke, loyal people. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be all the admins of the I Want Sly Cooper as their own animated series. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, Sam, Toby, Bradley, and yeah, uh, Jaden. Yeah, That's yeah. it. And Ryan. Uh, so, and Jimmy Johnson, I yeah, bet, too. So I, I say all that to, to bring it back into Comic-Con because w- the one panel you and I had the time to go sit down at yeah. was for the Turtles. Right. And here's the deal about that. It was a very informative panel. Right. I enjoyed it. I loved it when the showrunner got up there. He he gave us a bunch of, like, I almost started to cover my ears and close my Spoilers. eyes. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. Mania. Like, no holds bar. Just right. here's what we're doing next season. And I was It a made little... me feel like I had to turn whatever nerd court card I yeah. thought I found in my wallet in my late yeah. 30s or mid-30s. Is that because I'm like, no, I don't want to know. I don't, I, I didn't want to know. And I think that, that it's like what people, like what just what you talked about. When it was, Sly was announced and that's what kind of blew the numbers yeah. up on our show. It's that. That's what they want. Maybe it's a part of the culture that Comic Con creates. It, and and I think, well, I think Comic Con is the is the front lines for Spoiler Town. Like that, when you want spoilers, you go to Comic Con. Yeah. Because I've heard when I've gone to my comic book store, he's even said people ask him like, "Why don't you go to Comic Con? Why don't you?" He's like, "Because it'll eventually be on the shelf. Mm. I'll read it. I don't need to find out. I don't need to drive two hours yeah. to get a glimpse of something that yep. somebody is deciding before it's actually done." Uh, that being said, I found the, the things that they talked about about their process, like how they develop characters and the work that yeah. they go through and their ideas. And the I like the idea that there's a new character that's coming out that was something he came up with as a kid. Yeah, how oh how how fortunate is it? Like that. Yeah, how I did that. You did that. We all did that. Yeah. And for him to be like dream realized, right. I'm like that's this is what Comic Con's about. So that's fascinating. But then is it uh, rude if we don't say what it was? Like I feel like. What was it? Well, it was I. Well, the salamander I mean, or something. Yeah, it was, it was the a salamander. Geckonator. I mean, he's not a big spoiler because it's a character that you've never heard of. Right. That he made it up. So it was a character called the Neutralizer. That's right. Neutralizer. And that was uh, so but there cool. was some stuff in there that I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And I should yeah. have seen that coming. Yeah. And what a great way to to launch season two. Yeah. And I, I'm stoked for it. it. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm sidetracking your point. I apologize. No. Well, you can you know where I'm going. <laughs> but the 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 one disappointment was. Uh, at the very end, after listening to this whole thing, well, I'll leave that at the end because that's at the end. So on the stage, they've got the showrunner, the show producer, those two people, and then five of the six or seven main they cast members. They uh, have Donatello, Raphael, so Sean Ashton is yeah. there, uh, Rob, Rob Paulson, Paulson uh, 
what's the guy's the guy that does Barry Sykes or Greg Sykes? Yeah, yeah. Who and does uh, Michelangelo? He's, he's Michelangelo. They have Mae Whitman, who's April, uh-huh. and then they ha- I forget his name, but the guy who's Shredder. Yeah. So the, everybody's there except so for five guys. the Leonardo guy, who was yeah. the guy from uh, the kid and then from Splinter, American Pie, whoever Splinter and Splinter. Yeah. So that that I mean that's the bulk of the, ki- and then the, they have the, the cast. The two executive producers and then an exec from Nick. Yeah, was and also so. There. So they have stuff. the The producers, the creators, they all have stuff to say, but the voiceover actors had like virtually nothing to say about mm-hmm. the entire process, and and they even called it out. Like they said, like I just read some crap. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't say that. They no. said very funny stuff. And yeah. They were very respectful. They're much better at this than I am. But at the end of the day, <laughs> like they talk about the fact that they work on this show, like they're in they are in a club or something. Which they are, but after that, in terms of getting to know more about the Turtles universe mm-hmm. or what what it's like to like, what are we gonna get at the seat? There's nothing because yeah. they're just voiceover actors that read stuff on a page. Some of them are trading heavily on that fact and keep doing lines in their character. A couple of them are uh, even kind of know like, I'm not sure what you want me to do yeah. right now. I, I'll sit here. Yeah. <laughs> and you I should have been at the Superman panel. Oh gosh, <laughs> I and I love uh, the, I. A lot of respect for all those voice actors. I thought that I mean Rob Paulson is the oh king gosh. of voiceover. May Whitman is phenomenal. They're great. Uh, Sean Astin and I are old friends. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I really I, wish you would have gotten up there and asked them about the migratory pattern of voice. It was Santa Trap, but Santa yes, Trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> uh, just for those who so don't know, is that when no Kevin, one knows. <laughs> yeah, when Kevin was in uh, college, he had written a script for like a project, and the the screenwriter, yeah. yeah. So the screenwriting professor thought it was really great and helped him uh, kind of shop it around. And Sean Ashton, the guy, the kid from Goonies and the voice of Raphael, and, uh, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, yeah, the Hobbit and stuff. He uh, he signed on to direct it and was mm-hmm. helping to sell it because he liked it. Uh, and it was it like didn't a go Christmas anywhere. movie, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a fun Christmas movie. It it got close, but it didn't go anywhere. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or if we would, it wouldn't be about Sly. That's probably true. It was happening concurrently. Both those things were happening. I was getting Sly, and this script was taking off. Oh. So for a brief moment, it looked like I was. We gonna had to do a Christmas themed video game podcast. That would be fun. Pretty pretty sweet. Yeah. You know, if that maybe I should try to sell that, and if it doesn't work, we'll do we'll we'll do a staged reading of it. An audio reading. <laughs> I do like an audio a radio reading. play. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's just sitting on my shelf <laughs> no one's buying it anyway we have a bunch of people right. that are friends you somebody makes to, uh, a facebook page called i want a re a, a ra- audio reading of the santa <laughs> trap and we get one hundred thousand likes super pups <laughs> is never going to be seen the light of day though was i've got super a better pups? project okay. yeah it was super pups. Yeah. so um yeah I, I don't mean to be flippant I'm, I'm i'm putting it on a little for dramatic yeah, yeah, for i'm not show. i'm not an angry nerdist but i just don't get it i think is what i what i experienced at comic-con like, why is that who we want to hear from? Meanwhile, they even pointed out, like, hey, the design, the animators yeah. are in the room. No, the creator. No, that, well, that's what no, I'm getting. Yeah, okay, so I'm they sorry. said the, the, the designers right. are in the room. That's okay. Can we edit that out? Yeah. <laughs> <We can. laughs> Don't. So, and then, like, nine people stand up, and they're like, I want to hear from those guys. Like, yeah. what? what's your color palette? Do, you know, when do you decide what angle and, and how, you know, what's your, your production flow for storyboards to screen? Like, that stuff is interesting. Yeah. Maybe that was in another t- panel. I don't mean to be ignorant. But then at the very end, they're like, yeah, and in the room, Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of the Turtles, is, is here. Let's bring him up. They didn't have a chair for him on stage. Yeah. He used half of another chair and kind of crouched down behind. He said some very kind things. I've learned since then he has – Absolutely nothing to do with the show. Yeah. Completely removed. He has been bought out. Nickelodeon owns the Turtles. He gets a paycheck and says, thank you, Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And, and so that's why we don't see anything from him. But still, bring him up from the beginning. 
they're not the voice actors aren't he's doing at anything. Comic-Con. Yeah, exactly. He had his own booth and he had his own project, something new that he's working on. But it's like it'd be like going to Disneyland, yeah. And and and, and Walt Disney sitting in the back going, "Well, you know, it's okay." <laughs> I mean, they. And so then good. two uh, two Disney freaks sitting next to Walt Disney going, "I think that's Walt Disney. That's the guy." I don't know. It just looks like people dress up when they come to. It'd Disneyland. be like going to Comic Con, and and Kevin Eastman would be sitting in the audience good for one. Ninja Turtle. Yes. I was gonna say Stan Lee, but uh, you know, Stan Lee's just good about holding himself. I I don't know. It just seemed it just seemed backwards, and then. Quite frankly, the panel fell apart in the last yeah. five minutes. The rails just came off, and I was uncomfortable for the safety of the, yeah, of the guests were, on stage. People started just randomly just going some, up. And some dude, I mean, out of his gourd, stupid geekdom just struck him from the heavens. And the way he carried himself, I when I saw it, I didn't freak out like you did because to me it looked like, oh, I go, it's weird to me that the guy who's working the panel yeah. is walking around, but I think he's trying to find somebody to say, you guys need to wrap it up. No, no, no. Because I he knew it was coming to... towards the end of the time. He came around, he shook everybody's hands. They're all like, why are you close? And then I think that was the same guy that then went back in the audience, shouted into the room as loud as he could, points at Rob Paulson and says, don't you guys think he makes the best Raphael? Right next to his yeah. co-star, who now plays Raphael. Ugh. Like, I get it. That was your childhood. Yeah. And write a letter. But what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> to the whole room, we're all going to be <laughs> like, yeah, get that Sean Aston asshole out of here. Rob Paulson for life. <laughs> <laughs> Kill him, kill him. Go back to Mordor. <laughs> Truffle shuffle that nerd out of here. Yeah, what, what is going to happen? Yeah. Obviously, I I thoroughly enjoy Sean Astin's Raphael, yeah. and I think Rob Paulson is a better Donatello than he was a Raphael. That's my opinion. He's welcome to his opinion. The inappropriate place to bring up either opinion was in the middle of a panel where you don't have a microphone in front of your face. So I told him as such afterwards, and oh, I got good. removed from Comic-Con. Oh, that's why you left. I was yeah. like, where did Kevin go? <laughs> that being said, I wish uh, you know we. Well, it's w- interesting because it, it's funny how people's attachment to these voiceover uh, actors is that they just want to hear them do the voice. Like that's be that's, the character. Yeah, be the be the character. Do the thing. Yeah. And then what's interesting is that like what you're describing is that there are people who could be the character and be compelling and interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there are people who could just be the character and like I, unless you tell me what to say, I got nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's and I think it's unfair that people judge them like they're less. No. And that's what it's they signed on to do. It's a wonderful that's, craft. Yeah. Like that's what you, they. That's that's what they were hired to do. They weren't hired to generate the ideas and concepts of Donatello. Yeah. And the, but he's a bad example because I thought Rob was actually really funny and he he's, can he's work very off the cuff. Yeah. yeah, he probably can. But, but it, it, name any of the characters. Yeah. Like, name anyone well, else. And then, well, it was they funny because... They even said, do an, improvise an episode of Turtles and, and they then all they're went, like, they panicked. Uh, they're like, and and I they think, could have said anything. I mean, yeah. which is the number one rule of improv. If any one of them had just said, fade from black. Yeah. Ah! Sean could live! Right. <laughs> well, and it, what it is, though, is that you take these people that aren't in charge creatively and, uh, and that... And here's what I've learned through listening to Rob Paulson's podcast, Talk of Tunes, is that you find out that these people that do kid shows, they they have a they that's where they Bob let Saget. out their kind of like adult yeah. uh humor. And so it's like all next thing you know, Raphael and Donatello would be making out. Yep. And it's at Comic Con with Nickelodeon execs there. Oh, and, which is like you know what I mean? Like I think that's why they kinda go, Oh gosh. It would be like the Sly Gang robbing KFC right. to get a sack of something. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, How did we not get a cease and desist? letter for that i don't know <laughs> i think it's because it's just short of not being big enough 
or considerably short of not being big enough. No, I think it's. I think we were on, we were knocking on the door of a lawyer getting a call. I, we have several people <laughs> at Sony who listen to the show who tell me regularly, "I love your show." Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hiring me as a voice actor, by the way. <laughs> Flip it, son of a. <laughs> I want to be very clear. I just my point is I don't understand. You, no, yeah, your point isn't to say that you don't understand the craft. It's no, not, or I you don't, don't understand, understand hero worship. Yes. I don't get why those. And it'd be different if it was a room full of actors. Yeah. Like that would be a different panel. Because I want to have a job. And, They're like, yeah. wow, you know, how do you? And that was the questions. Like, let's talk about how you generate the character. Let's talk about your audition process. Let's yeah. talk about do you do you walk in cold? Do you get to read the script ahead of time? Do you have table reads? Let's talk about that. That's not what it was no. about. Cowabunga was a, or Booyakasha yeah, was an actual question. It was a, it was a topic about let me show you an ass load of spoilers. Yep. And the and the talent is sitting here. Yeah. Why? Why are those two things happening at the same time? I didn't I didn't understand. Yeah. And that like the the one of the funniest moments though was having the guy who does the voice of Shredder read a description of the room in the hotel, yeah. like of the view and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like I thought that was very funny was to very hear funny. that, and and but it was. Yeah, you're right. It's interesting that they're like, oh, I can't believe they're here, but they're just they're just then, people. Then do something. I don't yeah. Know. And then so I need to go see more panels to see if they all they all fall the apart like that. I or? saw a bunch because when I went the next day with uh, Nick, who had been on the show a long time ago. He uh, he went. We went to like the Arrow panel. We went to the Superman panel, uh, and it is a lot of that. Like it's interesting to me what I don't know if it's what the the nerd culture actually wants, or if it's what uh, marketing people that are not really nerdy think the nerd <laughs> culture wants. Either way, <laughs> because the, like for instance, this is what I thought was hilarious. So there's a guy who loves Superman. They're they're talking about the celebration of like 75 years of Superman, wow. and they have the kid really. They, ta- they have the kid in the new Man of Steel movie who plays the young Clark Kent. Uh-huh. He's all of 15, 16 maybe. He was 13 when he shot the movie. And they're asking him about why he thinks Superman. And then they have this other chick. She was the one that annoyed me. All she did was the voice of Supergirl in the latest uh Superman uh, release. And the, I think it's Unbound is the name of it. There's probably up, you know, 400 women yeah. who have played Supergirl. And so they have this chick. The history of Supergirl. And I just didn't like that she was like, she goes, well, you know what? She was like, why do you think Superman is such an important character, you know, to, to yeah. time or whatever? And she goes, what do I know? Yeah, so she's like <laughs> 19 or something, this girl, and she's, you know, talking about, like, she goes, well, I just think that, you know, if I could speak for Supergirl, uh, is that I just feel like she, and I guess Superman too, kind of stand for, you know, wholesomeness and you know doing right and good and i think that it's just in a time in the world now where i think that there isn't a lot of that right now and i'm like how could you say that there isn't a lot of good in at, the world at right 15. now 15 yeah like <laughs> like looking at the world you live you are literally in san diego yeah, yeah, yeah. the best weather on the planet right. okay at a celebration of pop culture mm-hmm. the, mo- when the when you think about it, necessities of life the most insignificant thing has a mass amount of people attending yeah, yeah, yeah. and throwing money at, you know, yeah, like it's not politics. Yes, it's not. It's not the a most abundant for, nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> in the convention grounds is Mrs. Fields cookies. <laughs> you have people that you could walk up and see, you know, get their autograph, <laughs> and you're trying to say that we are at a dark time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in mankind history. I think that there's a couple of chicks that lived in small villages in the Viking parts of North America that have different opinions. Yeah. I think that the people in the islands of the Caribbean in the 16 and 1700s have different opinions. 
Like I just Jeez, ask people in San Diego two hundred years ago. Right. They would have different opinions. Exactly. Fifty years ago. And it's like it's like, no, I think things are much better now. Dentistry has improved. I could I can figure out I got to her panel because I looked at something on my phone and I didn't even have to ask somebody. Like I just you know what I mean? Like how is that a bad time? And then they they make this kid who's a teenager like, you know, he's just an awkward, good looking yeah. teenager and he's gotta come up with some kind of answer for something, you know. It was just Well, it's a that's reminds me an awful lot of like a Miss Teen America contests. Yes. Where they're like, say something in depth and thoughtful. Yes. Like you know what I did today? I read a script. I read it well. <laughs> I did all the things I'm supposed to do. I yep. created a character. I made it interesting. But I'm not the guy that wrote it. <laughs> I also went to the Arrow panel. And What uh, is Arrow? For those Arrow is a green, uh, green Arrow show on WB or oh, CW okay. or whatever. Uh, and it, it starts off as like a soap opera that happens. So it's, I felt like what it was is that in the beginning of the series, it's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do like a Vampire Diaries show. Uh, which is predominantly, I think, for gay men and women. Uh, and then, so so we need to bring this is in... a great pitch I've sold so far. <laughs> so we need to, like, I thought that they go, well, if we make a show, we call it The Arrow, and we hint that it's about the green arrow, but it's just going to have attractive dudes uh, doing, you know, doing a soap opera. That we're going to bring chicks and their boyfriend will watch it or their husband will watch it because it's about green arrow. Like, yep. maybe that's how they could get a couple instead of yeah, just yeah, yeah. one or the other, Smart. you know? And uh, so, the, they, but it's it's just weird, you know, that they do. It's a lot of like, I don't know. Do you guys like they're talking about the love interests and asking the audience who should who should the Oliver Queen uh, like go after? And like people are like cheering at it. And so that's where I felt like I was like you, where I'm like, do do I don't understand? Are you trying to make me feel like I have a say? And because I feel like that's yeah, condescending yeah, yeah, yeah. and patronizing. Because I know better. Maybe the fans love it. Like, I mean, that's the thing about Comic Con, right? Is these are these are fans. Yeah. This is a, a bulk of the people there are not interested in breaking into the industry. Although we learned later that there are several panels about Which was the whole point of Comic Con. Oh, was it? When it originally started, the whole intent of it was that people who were fans of comic books, this was a way that they could meet with industry professionals and it's a thing that has and become, become members of the industry. They could right. come they cut co- and that's a complete not, not mingle with the industry. No, they could become they could come and show their artwork yeah. and what they've done and that's a complete sidebar now of yeah. Comic Con. Which we walked through. It is to the, get the, to the smallest turtles. square footage space yeah. in Comic-Con now because they still do it where they have artists Artist set up, Alley. and then they no no that's different oh is it so out in the uh, entrance in the hallway you know how they have all that pipe and drape yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. there's an area over there where you can come and oh meet yeah, with yeah somebody and you bring your portfolio and they have like maybe a publisher or a colorist or somebody who works at Marvel or maybe Dark Horse or something along those lines and they'll kind of give you like feedback on what and then some people if they look at it they're like listen I really like what you do give me your card I might know of somebody because I saw another documentary i can't remember the name of it but you you see these four people and their stories at comic-con or whatever and one was about two people who fell in love through comic-con and then he proposed sounds like a wonderful documentary it was it was actually really good he proposed to his girlfriend during a kevin smith panel (laughs) and then uh the other three were artists that were trying to get into the industry and i think one of them kind of made it in sort Mm. of but the other two were said oh well you need to work on this this and this your lines and it was interesting, the critiques, because you see these things as a person who's not an artist, and you're like, that is beautiful to me. Yeah. And then them go, yeah, but your lines on this are just kind of like, it's just missing a little yeah, something. Having having now hung out with a, with a comic illustrator a few times, and then Comic-Con has made me really start to look at comics with that kind of lens, mm-hmm. which is both 
extremely uh, educating, uh, educational, and also kind of ruin them a yeah, little. Yeah, bubble for me. bursting. Yeah, that's yeah, what I would imagine. Because I, because uh, I've just always enjoyed comedy, and I spend, I don't spend a lot of time staring at the artwork, and sometimes I've, I've slowed myself down and be like, okay, wait, look at the panel, soak it in, don't just yeah. blur, don't just read it like it's a book. I mean, there's a reason why you chose to read a comic, and so now that I've been talking to artists and like things that you can, um, like a lot of comic book artists will move on to do storyboard artist artistry, and so they'll get uh, what I've heard is that sometimes they'll get busted for being too uh, two dimensional or being kind of routine because if you're doing comic work, you can play to your strengths and mm-hmm. you can make it look arty and you do all that. If you're doing storyboard work, I mean you're the eye of the camera, so you need to change up direction, you need to choose a new angle. You gotta you can't do tricks, you can't hide behind the the illustrative artness of it because you're gonna be creating a camera and you'll get you'll get in trouble from yeah. the director like do something different. Yeah. And so now I've been reading these comics and I'm like Halfway through reading um, uh, the run of Guardians of the Galaxy because they're going to be a new film in two years and I have no idea who they are, so Mm -hmm. I wanted to read about it. And about six books in, I'm like, this dude doesn't like to draw faces. There are on every page. There's a panel where somebody is in shadow, <laughs> or or her head is churned so it's much profile. that, that her, her hair covers her face, or or so, or they're really far away and you just see eyes and, and maybe a nose. But he loves hands and he loves yeah. architecture and background. But faces, like if he could cheat, he'll cheat. I'm like, I never would have noticed that before. I began to think that's interesting that there are human beings that have strengths and weaknesses and yep. things they like to do and don't like to do. And he's like, oh, draw a face. If I got it, we got to get yeah. up close to show the emotion if it calls for that. But I'd really rather not. <laughs> I don't know why, but that reminded me uh, because you said storyboarding in uh, films is that uh, we were talking about spoilers. Uh, I had a very inter. Although I'm sure a chunk of our audience already knows because it's been a few weeks. But uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I Iron found- Man Three <laughs> is coming out on Blu-ray. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, I was shocked is that they were talking about at the Superman panel, they were talking about what are we going to do for the next movie, and the writer at said... the next Superman movie? Yes. He oh. goes, we're, we're in pre-production, so we're writing it now, and uh, we decided that uh, it would be the most fun and the most interesting since the idea, like, they talk about, spoiler alert on this, I'm about to ruin the ending of Man of Steel. I haven't seen it. Oh, well, then never mind. I can't do uh, it. Thank you for respecting... But uh, there's, a, there's an element to it that is, uh, I don't know if I could, can I allude to it or will that ruin it too much for you if I don't, I don't tell know, you what happened? I don't know what's going to I, I know, know that there's like a 30 minute long unnecessary battle in the end that kind of redoes the whole climax. Yeah, there's a, there's a moment That's where. That's like on every critic. There's some point, it's not, it's not at the end, but there's some point in the movie where he does something that is uh, un-Superman-esque. Okay. And if you've seen the movie, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, and if you have not, then you then I haven't ruined anything. How does this movie compare to uh, Dark Knight Rises? I, here's what I think. I think that what it does is it's it to me it's what what Chris Nolan did for Batman. I think he's done for Superman. Okay, it's a very compelling story. There's a there's a magical moment to me, uh, like film wise, when uh, when uh, what's his name Jonathan Kent. Uh, uh, Clark Kent's father, who's played by Kevin Costner. There's a moment where he just puts his hand up at something, and it is just beautiful. Can't like wait. it's, it is perfectly shot, when perfectly acted. I don't know, uh. Uh, but it was just I was I was like wow. I was I was really impressed and drawn into the story. And what I thought was interesting is that there was an element of it felt like a disconnect in a lot of the Batman movies. While I enjoyed the story and the arc, where 
this Superman movie had me really invested. Yeah. So anyway, uh, somebody had said something of like, you know, well, he does this thing that's not really Superman, you know, ask him, whatever. And he goes, well, that's why we debated a long time. If This is why we called it Man of Steel, because at this point in the story, he is not Superman. Ah. That this is him leading up to Superman. And so, All right, so we leave this Batman movie begins. and he's Superman. Mm-hmm. And, and he has his moral code. And yes. And, uh, and so then they, uh, they said, uh, and so they said, and what we thought would be interesting is uh, who better for him to then take this new moral code and, uh, and, and put it against. And they said, and that person is Batman. Ah. So the next Superman <sighs> movie, yeah. Yeah, 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 was, yeah. It was funny because I was there with Nick, and even I, who I, I like this stuff, but I don't get heavily invested. I went, like, I did a, like, what? Well, this has been, we have been waiting for this movie right. for 10 years. Right, that's what I thought was interesting about it, but I felt like it was interesting that it came on the heels of wrapping up the Batman movies yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, we just did a trilogy, everybody loved we, them. We would have. Had the movie Avengers not made half a billion right. dollars, right? That made DC go, okay, oh, okay all right. Yes. Well, maybe Batman's not done. Yeah, I maybe mean, we half, should do Justice League. Half a billion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. way to go, Marvel. Half a billion dollars yep. for a movie. It's probably made a billion by now. Oh yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, here's That's what I love. Skylander loved. money that came out. <laughs> <laughs> that came out on Blu-ray. I think sometime in the spring. Yeah. I want to say. And I looked recently, before I moved, so like a month ago, uh, I looked, and it was still on the top listed of rented movies on Amazon. Here's the thing that's so bizarre about it, is that um, Captain America, not a great movie. Like, it, like if you remove it from the from the lineage, or from the whole thing, like if you just watch the Captain America movie, it's got some major problems. The ending in that film, it, it that movie has not been punished enough for how mm-hmm. bad it ends. Period. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the the rest of the story is great. Everything except for the last fifteen. They they undo themselves yeah. in an attempt to set up this Avengers movie. Thor, fun, not super epic. Like in terms of a super like Iron. The Iron Man movies are like Amazing. the world is at stake. Thor, it's like ah, oh, Arizona might be hotter. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Arizona might be. This could be bad. I don't even know if that's a plot point, but I like it. That's what it's I mean, true. Oh, what there's there's a there's a 15 foot guy coming. I'm telling like, you, in terms of budgets, yeah, like the whole movie takes place in a desert. They shot it for like nine dollars. They, <laughs> they they don't go anywhere. There's nothing. I mean, there's yeah. a couple of, of costumes, and then you know some stuff happens on a soundstage. There's not a lot of like, oh wow, this is I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. So and we have it. The, the the Hulk movie that was the reboot, does anybody did anybody even see it? Did, no. They they were expecting Oliver North, right? Or yeah. what's his bucket? Like, oh, that's right, we did. Uh, it, oh, that that did happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you recast it. So like, really, it's just Iron Man and friends uh, that the the movie is kind of banking on, and it makes a half a billion dollars because we loved the collecting of the. Oh, excuse me, how unprofessional. Oh, they, uh, that's okay. I thought it was me. They we loved the <laughs> it's it's unraveling. Uh, it, we loved collecting the little bits and pieces to see who was going to be in the Avengers movie. We knew mm-hmm. the Avengers movie is going to come, and we forgave the 
okay quality of the yeah. other films, the non-Iron Man I films. did feel like that. It's like, oh, they have to make these so they can have an Avengers movie. And the sum of the parts was far greater in the whole. Because even the second Iron Man movie, people were like, yeah. ah, that's that's okay. And now the third, oh, gosh, I'm fu- it's falling apart. <laughs> Everything's falling apart. <laughs> Justin's new studio is is worse for wear. <laughs> Please hold. Um now that that being said, I loved Avengers, and I, I think it's fantastic, and I and I do enjoy those other movies. Look, they're far better than any movie I can make. I'm not trying to pan them. Yeah. I'm just saying that 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 the that the recipe for success really was in this making two movies a year that were all leading up to one movie. Uh, and it didn't well, you not only you're making big budget money off of those yeah. movies. But then you make even bigger budget yeah. money off of, you know what I mean? Like that franchise. Yeah, the, every the little piece that leads yeah. it. That's why it's like, I think that anybody who's a hardcore DC fan is looking at that, making the argument you just said. Yeah. It's like, where is my Justice League? With, with the exception of maybe maybe the first Iron Man movie, you they don't, none of those individual non, uh, none of those Hulk, uh, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man movies stand up to Dark Knight in terms of no. film, no. in yeah. terms of story. And again, I'm I'm a bigger fan of the Marvel stuff than I am the, the DC. Because we've talked about it on the show. The movie, that's you take out Batman from those yeah. movies and just make him something else, and it's still very, you're it's like, I'm in. It's such a great film. Yeah. And, and you don't need the franchise behind it. I mean, Captain America is just, oh, they, wow, they did Captain America the movie. Yeah. It's like the 1980 Superman where you're like, wow, he's finally on the big screen. Well, and um, one of the, th- like, I, it's funny because one of the things that was said at the Superman panel was that they go, we really feel that the technology has reached a level where Superman can really be Superman. Like, we can, oh, okay. we could shoot it and with CG and everything. Because, uh, so, like, I think Henry uh, Cavill, who plays Superman, I think he smiled like eight times live in a camera, and that's all he had to do. The rest was all done on a computer um, <laughs> after watching the movie. But they he said, waved, he ate a sandwich, and, and then we he's got like, it. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. The rest we'll just fix. Uh, <laughs> is it falling? Is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah. I was like, Why are you staring at nothing? I'm not moving. <laughs> let, me, let me hit pause. All right, there we go. Problem solved. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the new studio, 800 people died. It's a little warmer in Arizona. Um, the thing, the thing that's so funny about this Batman Superman movie is, do you remember a little movie with Will Smith called I Am Legend? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the film? I do. Do you remember why I'm bringing this up? Nope. Okay. So, what year was that movie? Like Will nine? Smith will play Batman in the new movie? Yes. Oh. And and Neo, they're gonna remake the Matrix movies the way they wanted oh them. Oh my gosh! He I was supposed to play Neo. Can you believe if if the if the remake? I'm sorry to sidetrack you, but the remake trend continues. There's a possibility that in our lifetime, our grandchildren could be watching a reimagination of the Matrix when the when CG technology advances yeah. even more. They could go well. Now we want to go back and touch this thing that we came up with bullet time for. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? they, Well, they they're already remaking. Uh, Men in Black, and they called it R.I.P. Department. That's <laughs> so dumb. Uh, <laughs> so, um, in in I Am Legend, you know, it takes place like two years in the future. So at the time the movie came out, I don't know, two thousand eight. So it's like two thousand ten, mm-hmm. which is the far future. Yeah. And uh, and so he's walking through Central Park that has been abandoned and, and war torn for about a year, and so there's like plants and trees mm-hmm. and things growing everywhere. And as he walks through, there's an an ad. Uh, hanging on the wall, they, he makes no mention of it. He just walks by it, and there's a billboard that's torn and tattered of the Batman logo over the Superman logo. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a non... I mean, it was a Warner film, uh, I Am Legend, so it seemed like 
a giant in your face Easter egg of look what we've got yeah. cooking in the background. So if, if from whatever year that was, 2008, it was like, where's our Batman yeah. Superman movie? And that was after Batman Begins. So it seemed like it was a no brainer and it was coming in no time. And maybe it was somebody, maybe. I don't know. What the, by the reaction there, which, yeah. like, here's what I imagine. Anytime I bring this stuff up, I feel like a good chunk of our audience is like, yeah, we know. Like, yeah, even probably. though I didn't, you yeah. know? And I, I maybe I think I'm being unfair, and I think that maybe 13 of them know, and the rest were like, "Oh, great!" And yeah, I yeah. know. Uh, it's that. So, but the reaction at that panel in a room full of Comic Con fans, there were oh, easily that- 12 people dressed as yeah. Superman, and when they said, uh, "We're going to have Batman versus Superman," and they went, <gasps> "Yeah, like, no, that's like that's oh. when it was announced." Okay, it's all over Facebook now oh, uh, okay. and everything. But yeah, that's when it first was was told. Oh wow! I assume I was there. You were. And that's not Fr- that cool. Front lines. Was Mae Whitman there? Nope. She should have been. She should be at every panel. Kevin Eastman was, though. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, he's like, we, guys, I created Ninja Turtles. They're like, oh, great, let's bring him up. You can't have a seat, though. <laughs> you can sit on part of the chair for... Bob for the, Kane is in yeah. there. <laughs> that's Batman. Who made Superman? It was two dudes, right? It was a pair of brothers. Yeah, jo- Joseph Siegel the and thing, something else. The thing I... The, okay, so now I, I read Justice League. I don't read the Avengers. Don't, they're too convoluted. But yeah. I've been reading the new Justice League since they've joined the new 52. And the problem I've always... The problem that I love to see them try to solve is the fact that they did not intend to make a superhero team or anything when they invented Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman or Aquaman or Green Lantern, Flash or Cyborg. (laughs) Those are the characters. They they just created characters uh, that worked, and some sold, some didn't. And these happened to be the ones that became the main characters of the DC Universe, which eventually created the the Justice League and, and why that all became popular. Why I find it just ultimately fascinating is because they've handed, they've dealt themselves an impossible hand to play. Because on the same team, I'm supposed to believe that you have the prince of the of water, <laughs> a guy who can make things happen using his mind, a dude that is faster than anything on planet, and a guy that is so impervious to anything that he he cannot be destroyed, and he simply needs sunlight. He can breathe freeze airs, laser beams out of his eyes, like. He is he's a god on earth. And then you and the best detective. Yeah, and well then you got a dude in a costume. <laughs> that's like I am kind of a ninja. I can kind of dis- he's a human. He yeah. is nothing. He's yeah. nothing to defend himself. And I'm supposed to believe that that army of ridiculously superpowered people can go to the front line against aliens and then there's Batman that's like I I can help. <laughs> Well, it's funny because whenever you watch the movies, which I have now because I've seen the animated that, Justice League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That what it is is that he's the brain. He's the brain. He has that's to. How they justify he's the one that that's like I. Like my favorite thing is is that like he. I think this is also in the uh, in the Lego uh, the Lego uh-huh, yeah. game is that he stockpiles a bunch of kryptonite just in case. Yes. In case well, that's Superman. that's a common that's a common theme within the Batman Superman right. relationship. We will definitely see that in the movie, or Batman will use Kryptonite to manipulate Bat- Superman. Into well, that I looked at Nick was like he goes, oh, I can't wait. He goes, Batman's gonna have Kryptonite brass knuckles. And right, he's right. Beat the crap out of him <laughs> to level the playing field. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's still like <laughs> it was never it was never their intention. So I that's what I love to see the evolution of like how do we make this make sense? You see it on the original or the next generation of Star Trek. Where 
where they're like, you know, you've got all these like crazy wild ideas. They're just throwing things out to see what stick, what works. And then seven years later, they're like, okay, so we've established that data is one of the most intelligent life forms in the entire universe. Let's see. <laughs> Might have made him a little too powerful. Emotionally, uh, he's dumb. He, yeah. Oh, that's it. That's uh, it's it. Good. Let's give him dreams. <laughs> and that's what they did for six episodes. Look what I did to myself, seven. too. This is the worst episode ever. Oh, no. I, this, has my, been, this is my one of my favorites. Is, my microphone is all disconnecting, too. Is it over? Do we have seven minutes? We have seven minutes. That's it. Let's finish with our famous bit, Seven Minutes in Heaven. <laughs> For the last seven minutes of this episode, we will talk about making out. Well, uh, we we just <laughs> talked about Comic-Con. We didn't even touch on the video game aspect of Comic-Con. They had a corner, as they usually do. Uh, um, wait, what's the show about now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome to Gamerland. Yeah, yeah. Comic-Con and Gamerland. I think, did I open with Second Funny's podcast? Oh, I don't know. I think I did. Probably. I'm sorry. It. Old habits die hard. I still call it SFP when yeah. I refer to it. Yeah. But we're in Gamerland. The yeah, second right. funniest podcast. Who cares? We, yeah. have, we have eight listeners uh, <laughs> who love voiceover actors. Times 200. There, uh, yeah, there wasn't as big a showing of gaming stuff this year. I did appreciate the layout. It seemed only been there a couple times. It seemed like a no-brainer layout to put your comic dealers and your low-end guys in the middle and then separate it with, with artists. And, and Yeah, because I'd been two like years prior... And the way it was is there was Artist Alley on the left, all the exhibits in the middle, and then uh, all of the comic Somewhere sales. over there, there were comic books. <laughs> on the right-hand side, it was all on, yeah. it was all on the far right-hand side was comic sales and collectibles and all that. Now what they did was they interconnected those, I think, to drive people towards the, the real point of it, which was comic book sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I which think they were about to lose their, their vendors. Well, so for me, I knew that the new uh, Magic the Gathering core set had finally been released in hardback form just a few days before, and we saw several events of sealed deck play and mm-hmm. stuff, and I've been way into it. So Justin and I, with our buddy Heath, Heath Heach, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> were walking around, and I we went to three vendors that yes. had comic book cards. And I, 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 I must have talked about this for an hour with my wife later of how – bad all these yes. dudes missed their sales yes like i asked three different people i felt like these were people i don't, I don't know if it's just because you were looking for magic the gathering cards but i thought it was like oh this is why it's not working out for you it's because these aren't people who are there to sell they're there just to make a buck they don't even know about their product they didn't have a clue well, you know i gather i'm like it's a little late in the day you know, we've got about an hour left. You've been here for two days already. You've already had a long day. One, no, one lady blatantly said that at the end she didn't know what you were talking yeah, about. didn't have a clue. And she goes, well, what do you know about? She goes, I know about money. Like, literally, she and she pulled out a wad of cash she had yeah. in her under. She was She's, hiding in her armpit, kind of, like, while her arms were crossed. Yeah, and so that chick, I was like, okay, I'm not buying from her just right. because she has stuff. The, the second guy that I ended up having to purchase from because he was the only one with product there could not have been less interested in making a sale. I annoyed him by wanting to buy something because it meant he had to get up and get his credit card machine out which gives reason to the uh comic book guy from the simpsons the, like, it was <laughs> like i bothered his existence with yeah. my patronage and he could he made like his i don't know 12 year old uh, cousin or nephew or something like a girl deal, wasn't it had she had no clue what yeah. i was asking for and the, the thing that bums me out <laughs> one the other group knew, the the third vendor knew what i would like were nice people had a good conversation but they well, rightly so, had run out of merch. Yeah. Like, they had sold all their stuff that that I was looking to buy because they probably could talk about it intelligently. I was forced to go back to this other company, to this other vendor. 
the thing is, I bought. I I didn't know much about the intro decks. There were five. I, the, I eventually learned there were five. All I saw was that there was just a slew of intro decks. I didn't know much about them. I'm trying to educate myself without bothering them too much by asking to look at the things on their shelves because they were busy not selling things to people. Um, so I, I eventually decide to buy two uh, uh, decks, and we on the drive home, I break one open and learn that there were five intro decks of five different colors that are specifically designed for people that are new to the game to get oh. invested right into it. I was like, you idiots. Had you taken the time to know your product and talk to me about it, they could have sold me all five. I would have purchased all. Oh, you would have. Oh, because you would have taken it to your family that's, vacation that's and given what them I, to everybody. Exactly. All, it's what I would have wanted to be like, okay, this is the game in a nutshell. This is it in an easy-to-understand five-part, five thing. You could thing. have four different people playing at the you, same time. Or all five of us yeah. together. You'd be able to see this is what a green deck is like, this is what a yep. white deck is like, and understand the whole entire game. But they were too busy not talking to me and answering my questions or knowing anything about it that they missed the sale. On the drive home, I contacted Emerald Nights, which we've already talked about it being a wonderful comic book store. They have game nights every night. They're open till midnight on Friday night. I walk in. They're like, yeah, we have them here. Talked to me intelligently. Sold me all the things. We had great conversations. Got Helped me find some boxes for them. So now I have matching boxes for each of the five-color decks. Cool. The red deck is in a red box. The green deck is in a green box. I walked out. I dropped all sorts of cash that was supposed to be used for spending on our vacation. But I walked out of there. I rearranged my luggage to make sure these cards were in my box. <laughs> But it's like it all comes down to not customer service, but being a human and mm-hmm. relating to another human. Customer service is just a fancy corporate way of saying being kind to somebody else yeah. and treating them uh, well. And he, the guy missed out. He could have doubled his sale easily had he taken the time to talk to me. And I wonder what, what's, what's the genesis of that. Like where does that come from? Is it that he he's tired of dealing with these you know uber obsessive people and so that makes you jaded or is it that there could be a lot of looky loos i mean but i i feel like if you knew much about sales you know that i came to the table with money like you could have known you could have seen it in but my that's eye that's what everybody does i don't know because the- some people like it's a it's a fest of looky loos right yeah. there's just that's what everybody's doing is walking through and looking at stuff and bothering them and touching this and and then moving on but i i was actively pursuing questions actively wanted to look at things on the shelf i was there to buy and i think if you if you do retail you got to know who your whales dolphins and minnows are and i or if you're going to be a, a jerk just go listen are you just going to look at this or are you actually interested in buying it absolutely i mean then we had that guy uh, heath has this amazing ability to uh you see, show him a quarter of the front cover of the star wars comics from the 70s and 80s yeah and he could tell you what the whole cover was because he read them all you know and so we're at this one vendor who had the comics and they're going through. And he was at first he was like entertained, but he's like, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, and Heath didn't want to do it because he said the guys will yell at us if that's what we do. He, he knew. And I <laughs> so we keep going. And uh, and I go, I said, I go, this is funny. I said, because cause he kind of yelled at us. And then yeah. I said, he said you were going to yell at us. And he goes, no, I'm not mad. He goes, I just don't understand what you're doing. And so then we kept doing it. And then he goes. Isn't there somebody else who has those that you could go to and bother? No, he didn't say that. He had half of an egg salad sandwich in his mouth, and he goes, Isn't there somebody else you can bother with this? Yeah. He was I'm, so annoyed. I'm trying to eat here. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. he said. Yeah. it's the. I think he said, it's the end of the day. I'm just trying to eat here. Yeah. And it's why, like, oh. And see, 
a good salesman. Now here's the other point. Would walk up and be like, so I came back the next day with uh, Nick, and Nick said, I buy collections. That's ah. that's why the way I read comic books. He goes, it's a little cheaper. He goes, and he goes, they're the ones he that makes I like. Trade paperbacks or like a whole series. Both. Got it. He said I either get the trade paperback or I get smart. the whole series because. And he goes, and the things I read, it's not really stuff that people are into. So I can get the whole collection for like five bucks sometimes yeah. or 15 bucks. And so I guess he found one that was a whole collection that was only 15 bucks. And he was like, I can't believe I got this. I'm so excited. That's great. And uh, I like that guy. And so I went through there and I go, I said, he goes, I, he goes, he told me, he goes, I'm going to buy some comics here. He goes, this is what I've, he's wanted to do this since he was a kid. No, that's great. So I took, I purposely avoided the guy with his egg salad sandwich and found the lady that we went and did and watched us do it and probably wasn't happy about it, but just laughed us off. Yeah. Because we weren't destroying the books. We were just lifting them. We were being very careful and respectful, you know, and all that stuff. So he bought from her and then he found some other stuff that uh, was at another venue. And got the guy an egg salad sandwich and ate it in his face. Yeah, exactly. And threw it. (laughs) Threw it at him. Ah! (laughs) So, um... But yeah, game wise, there wasn't. I don't feel like there was much there was going on. There was nothing much going they on. They had. Uh, I mean, there was a Watch Dogs thing that, for whatever reason, I know nothing about this game, but it's. I'm excited about it. Uh, and the, the the most exciting game thing that happened for me at Comic Con was Heath told me that he played Last of Us and he thought it was better than Uncharted, and I was like, and he loves Uncharted. I'm on. Yeah, I go. I'm on board then. All right. I it is a good game. I've heard great things. We saw some more clips. I'm in the middle of God of War, and I want to just go buy The Last of Us to skip why it don't and you? go back. I know. You're right. I don't understand why you wouldn't do I'm that. I'm going to buy it now. All right. Download it. Download no, it. No, I can't download it. Download I'm gonna buy it. it. I, I also got uh, the, uh, the other set of unlockable characters for the PlayStation uh, All-Stars Battle Royale. Ooh. I can play as Zeus, Kratos' uh, Zeus. Villain. Which is pretty great. And, uh, and then there's a... A battle that happens in Fearless, and then suddenly the the ground crumbles beneath you, <laughs> and you fall to the ground, and and wipe out the uh, the wipeout HD, the the flying yeah, yeah, zero yeah. game, like uh, the Star Fox new generation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a, a track comes racing through half of the screen, and if you hit it, you get electrocuted, and there's cars that's flying cool. through. I was because when I first got it, I'm like. Well, where's Wipeout? Like, that's a pretty big franchise. I know you can't have a fighter, but maybe... I mean, they got Twisted Metal Black in here. At least here. the level, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's finally in there. So it's that's pretty awesome. great. I recommend cool. that game. You should play Yeah, it. they were talking... They had the new Arkham Origins, which is coming yeah. out in October, which I've already pre-ordered. Good for you. Uh, I think they I had pre-ordered the, Skylanders. What? <laughs> they have the PS... They had the PS4s there that you could play, the yeah. Xbox Ones. Nintendo didn't have anything. I didn't see anything Nintendo. Yeah. My f- the other thing that I thought was and interesting. And a tiny drop of Blizzard stuff. Uh, did Yeah, Blizzard had half of Nothing. Blizzard. And it looked like Minecraft, what they were like. That was yeah, weird they have a new ga- They have a new card game that's like Magic based in the Warcraft universe. Okay. Um, but but one I- of the things I thought was interesting, and I think it's worth going over on time a little bit, is that we stopped off at the uh, – did we stop off? Yeah, we stopped off at the Walking Dead – uh, they had a Walking Dead Telltale Games booth. Yeah, we walked like, around it. So they had yeah. a Walking Dead exhibit, yeah. which was like the prison, and they had people dressed as zombies yeah, so you could film. walk through yeah. for, the TV, for the, show. the TV show. And then they had the Telltale Games, and we learned from the guys, I think at the Sony booth, but not at the Walking Dead thing, that they're releasing those Telltale Games on Vita. And I was really frustrated, and I'm sorry for the listener that thinks that these games are amazing and we didn't. I didn't at least jump on board with them. But I feel like, uh, as we discussed on that episode, that putting them on the Vita is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome on the Vita because I don't expect it to be an entertainment system-esque thing. And why that wasn't done way, way, way back when. Like, again, I just feel like like what's missing with the Vita is like I'm playing Siphon Filter 2 right now on the Vita. and And I love it. I'm happy about it because it gives me a way to play a game 
where I don't feel like I'm wasting my money if I played it on my PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's to totally. me is what new portable gaming should be. I finally, uh, you know, I, uh, what, a comic or uh, E3 last year in 2012, I, uh, I saw Mickey 2, Epic Mickey 2, mm-hmm. Power of 2, or whatever, uh, and debated getting it. Finally picked it up at GameStop for 30 some odd dollars used, and then found out this week that it's on the Vita, that they did a port over. I was like, no! Why do you hate That's me? That's rather world. where I'd play it. Ah, son of a Meanwhile, biscuit. Mega Man X, Mega Man 10, not on the Vita. Still not. Yeah. It'd be a great place for it. Although I did play the demo level. That's a weird. That's those are game. Those games are hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad that I bought that. I that was you the thing it? I wanted. Oh no, I bought. Well, I remember I told you I bought the Japanese port. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to play this uh, real quick because, uh, but I don't know if it. Uh, the we were talking about the voice acting, and I've been playing Siphon Filter, and it is funny how far voice acting has come. I don't know when Siphon Filter Two was. Oh, they this are is coming. Go torch it. Burn it all. But what about the serum? Leave nothing. Now I will show you This is the first game. It's not even Siphon Filter 2. Oh, here we go. Siphon Filter 2 cutscenes. Let me just... That was was painful. Hold up. Oh, this is is good. I'm picking something up. We're making the drop now. Morgan says you've got two hours to finish the operation. That's not enough time. These guys aren't just falling over dead. Morgan's ordered the F-22s back for refueling and ordnance. This entire mountain is going up in a cloud of gas. You've got to be ready to clear out. Ramirez, get down the mountain and meet up a chance. I'll handle this. Now, see, when you want to be casual, what you don't want to do is right? break up the words that you're saying. I like, <laughs> I, like, I just This guy who plays Gabe has the most amazing sounding voice, but has no idea what to do with it. Like, I, It sounds like they did... He, read it cold and yeah. they kept it and they were out of time it was just so give me a sit rep we've got two snipers one on either bluff they've got us pinned and we're low on ammo ferguson took one in the shoulder but he'll make it oh come on right. no stop Here's i'm done right i'm done <laughs> and that's a pretty big bum, franchise bum, 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 i think they've three of those that's all i'm saying all right you can uh shoot us an email to uh show at gamerland podcast or the gamerland podcast.com is that right what oh is the gosh. name of the show? Wow, it fell off the rails. Gamerland Podcast is the name of the show, and that's our website. It's not the. It no, it's just show the. at gamerlandpodcast.com. Yeah, show at gamerlandpodcast.com. Or you can also send in questions to questions at gamerlandpodcast.com. Follow the show on Gamerland Pod. Uh, go to facebook.com slash gamerlandpodcast. The big one, as we've been plum, uh, plugging, are the numbers going good there? They look great. Awesome! Please keep throwing the numbers there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I haven't looked at the page. You've been on vacation. This I've is been, unfair. It's been great. Uh, Facebook.com slash I want Sly Cooper in his own animated series. Please throw a like there. As I've said, we're going to Betty White this bitch uh, and make it happen. On behalf of my new friend Kevin Miller, this is just <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> okay, okay, bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.